0: Welcome to ShareTalk. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jerry Randall, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Venture Life Group. How are you today?
1: Um, hi Stephen. They're very well, thank you.
0: Now, this is the first time your company and yourself has been on ShareTalk. So could you just give us a brief sort of introduction about what your company is, what it does, please?
1: Of course, yeah. VentureLife is a consumer self-care business. Uh, we develop, manufacture and then sell products for primarily the ageing population. They're products that you would go uh, to the pharmacy and choose yourself, um, buy yourself, take home and treat yourself. Uh, we don't have prescription drug products. These are all products that you pay for yourself. We sell in about 40 countries around the world, have a uh, head, of, head and sales office in Bracknell in Reading and we have a development and manufacturing operation Uh, in Italy just near Milan
0: So in relation to your background and the background of the sort of board of directors there could you just give us a brief summary of how long you've been in existence how the company was formed and how the board of directors fit in
1: Sure Uh, I founded the company uh, at the back end of 2010 with uh, a colleague of mine Sharon Collins Uh, Sharon is the commercial director uh, in the business um, my background before that was I was a founder and uh, director of Sinclair Pharma, which is uh, a still now um, listed public company, specialty pharma. Uh, I left there in 2009, um, and in 2010 started Venture Life, and and also from about 2008 to 2013, I was uh not exec, and then ultimately executive chairman of Silence Therapeutics, which is a um, a biotech development company and gene silencing also listed on the AIM market. Uh, Sharon's background was in marketing and business development, essentially licensing out products. She worked at uh, Sinclair and then joined me when I uh, founded Venture Life. Um, and then the rest of the board, we have Gianluca Braguti, who runs our uh, Italian development and manufacturing business. I've worked with Gianluca for uh, over 15 years now developing products and we, uh, we brought his company into our group Uh, back in 2014 when we floated the company. Um, John Luke had founded that business 30-odd years before. Um, And then we also have recently joined us our new CFO, Adrian Crockett, um, who's uh, ex-Abbott and a lot of experience in uh, the pharmaceutical manufacturing business. Uh, We have three non-execs as well. Uh, Dr. Lynn Drummond, who's our chair. Lynn was managing director at Lost Healthcare Care Banking for many years. Um, Sits as our chair. And then we have John Sylvester, who's um, uh, head of, I think, business development at BTG, which is a large public pharma company. And then Peter Bream, who is our uh, chair of audit and also non-executive director. Uh, And Peter is um, a finance director in a a large private business.
0: So can I just ask, why is it then that everyone's come together and they've sort of come away from the sort of biotech and biopharma into almost a a non-chemist type setup in, obviously, Venture Life.
1: Sure. Um, So, I mean, my my first main business, as I say, was Sinclair Pharma, which was a specialty pharma company. It wasn't biotech. And we we focused on developing products in those regulatory areas uh, that weren't drug regulatory, so medical devices, cosmetics. And that's what we're doing at Venture Life. Um, I spent some time, as I say, involved in silence therapeutics, but that's not my main area. Um, Sharon was at Sinclair, which is also a specialty pharma business, as I say, not biotech. Uh, John Luca, historically, is a pharmacist and has developed many products, but again, outside of the drug sphere. Um, Adrian has spent some time in the drug industry, but uh, a lot of his experience, as well as the financial side, has been within consumer goods, consumer healthcare, then Abbott, and also a number of other large companies. So... Um, I, I would say, uh, while some of us have some experience of the biotech space, the majority of our experience is around uh, consumer healthcare goods.
0: So if we can start touching, obviously, upon your products and how they fit into the market, could you sort of start talking about the sort of background into why you chose the products that you've obviously detailed on of your comprehensive website?
1: Yes, of course. So the idea of our products is that they are, as I say, fitting into the self-care category. So these are products that you have to understand and you have to purchase yourself. So some of the key characteristics are that the the product's very clear in what it claims, that it's priced appropriately, that you as a a consumer will will be able to pay for those, and that ultimately those products are efficacious. So they have clinical data and backing supporting the, the effect of those products. So it's very clear Either to yourself or even to uh, a pharmacist who might recommend them to you, uh, what the product does and how effective it is. Um, I mean, a, a first product I'll talk about, which is our largest product, is called UltraDEX. It's a product for uh, it's for fresh breath, but for uh, oral health uh, also. This is a product that you will find in all of the major. Retail pharmacies in the UK. Boots is a big customer of ours. You'll also find it in the supermarkets, so Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, acardo Waitrose, and Amazon. And this is a product that sits in the medicated mouthwash category. It's got specific medical claims. It's got significant clinical data supporting those claims. Um, but it's sold as a recognisable brand uh, through uh, the retail channel. Um, and you can understand from the packaging from the website, from the marketing that we do, what the product does, uh, you go and purchase that product for, you know, anywhere between five and ten pounds, whichever one you're buying. You're buying. And then you'll take that home and use it uh, for yourself. And that's very typical of a product that we have. We we bought that product over a year ago now, uh, when it was sold just in the UK, and we've already began to expand that and partner it in many other territories around the world. So, uh, we always look for products where. Um, they can be sold in many markets and understood in, in many markets. We have a product for uh, short-term memory loss, and uh, which is age-related memory loss, and cognitive function called NeuroAge. That's not in the UK yet. will be launched in the UK in the future, but that's selling uh, in a number of markets overseas. That's the capsule products. That's a product, again, that has significant clinical data behind it, uh, clear indication of what the claims are, what the is for you. Uh, and priced at around €25 Euros for a month's supply, which again is a price that's suitable for consumers. So that's just two of our main products, but the, the focus is on the uh, ailments that affect people as they age, that are not critical when they start, but they can become critical if not dealt with. We have uh, a product for uh, reducing cholesterol, the bad cholesterol. It's a brand many of your uh, listeners will recognise called and um, We have the, the right to develop a food supplement version of that uh, in a number of forms in a number of markets and we have developed those and began to partner that that's the product that deals with your cholesterol uh, if you have elevated levels of bad cholesterol the ldl cholesterol then you need to reduce that and this is a uh, a good uh, product that the consumer can buy and use uh, to treat themselves if you allow the cholesterol uh, level in your bodies to become much higher and therefore acute or critical you'll have to use drugs to uh, to reduce that
0: so, effectively, this is a prevention rather than a cure, if you would like.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, I mean, uh, the ver- the vast proportion of any medical treatments is all about treating the symptoms and not about treating the underlying cause. Um, a lot of our products treat the symptoms, but also treat um, the, uh, uh, I suppose, on a preventative basis, some of those symptoms. So, for example, the elevated cholesterol, that's a preventative product. We do have products in our portfolio for joint pain, for inflammation and other such which are treating the symptoms of of various conditions. So it does depend on the condition, but um, the the drive really in self-care is very much towards preventative wellness. So dealing with these issues before they become significant. And again, whether it's age-related memory loss, whether it could be cholesterol, uh, whether it could be oral oral care condition of your mouth using our products on a long-term basis will improve the condition of your health and maintain your health uh, in a good way for much longer
0: obviously you're listed on the stock exchange could you give us some sort of impetus if you like into what is or what could be perceived as a crowded sort of space so for instance with mouthwashes There are obviously a number of companies out there that have mouthwashes, and obviously one of the most well-known brands is uh, Corsadil. How do you get your product into that sort of space, and what is the sort of long-term goals and aims around that?
1: Sure. Um, If you look at the mouthwash space, um, you can divide it into what they call medicated and non-medicated Uh, Products. A medicated product is a product that has a specific medical claim related to a specific ingredient within that product. Um, And that represents about 15% of the overall uh, mouthwash market. The other 85% or the the non-medicated are the general mouthwashes uh, like Listerine. And they will contain probably, well, obviously some water, some flavor, some color, maybe a bit of alcohol. And that's a general disinfectant of the mouth that will kill any bacteria, the good or the bad. The medicated mouthwashes, which is where Corsadil sits, and also our product Ultradex sits, as I say, have a specific medical claim based on clinical evidence showing that um, part, a component of that product, is having a medical effect. So, Corsodil is specifically um, targeted towards um, gum bleeding or gingivitis. So. Um, the, the general active ingredient of chlorhexidine is used widely to reduce um, the impact of gum bleeding. So if you go to your dentist uh, or your hygienist, they clean your mouth, uh, they treat you, there's lots of blood. That's because you've got inflamed gums, because you've got bacteria um, between the tooth and the gum line causing inflammation. And that's bad for your health for, for a number of reasons, not just because it will result in the erosion of the gum and, and possibly the jaw. Um so what corsadil will do, that's specifically designed to, to fight the bacteria in that place. Our product, ultra is for uh, specifically designed for halitosis, for, for bad breath to remove and uh, kill the volatile sulfur compounds which cause bad breath. Now, because it is an antibacterial, it will also have a positive effect on uh, gum bleeding and other aspects of oral health because it's removing the bad bacteria from your mouth. So it's important to differentiate your products by the claim or the medical area that you're looking at. And we don't compete with Corsadil because that is for a different medical claim.
0: If we can have a sort of brief summary then of your sort of distribution networks based around these sort of oral healthcare. care.
1: Yes. Um, in, um, in the UK, uh, this is a unique market for us because we, go directly to the pharmacies in the UK. And that's possible because the UK has an unusual setup. There's only one or two other countries similar, so the, the US is similar, I think Holland, possibly Switzerland, where there is a small number of very dominant pharmacy chains. Virtually everywhere else worldwide, you have um, a large number of very small chains, particularly across Europe. So in the UK, we have a, a UK uh, retail director, and he's responsible for managing those relationships for our Ultradex product with Boots, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Superdrug, etc. Um, outside of the UK, we use a partner model. So uh, we will partner our products with a distributor uh, in each of the countries that we, we want to target. And that distributor will be responsible for then distributing the product into the pharmacy channels and also for doing undertaking the marketing. Uh, surveillance, etc. So, outside of the UK, we strike long-term partner agreements in individual territories. Some partners will have agreements with us in more than one territory, and that partner will have an exclusive right to sell our product in that territory for uh, typically 10 years. And And we, we manufacture 95% of our products that we sell at our factory in Italy. Uh, we, we will manufacture it to order from the customer, the partner. Um, and prepare it for them. They will collect it from us in Italy, X works. and from that point on, the the responsibility for the product is with our partner. Um, so we're not paying for marketing or distribution or sales forces, et cetera, outside of the UK. And in the UK, we do contribute to marketing. we do above the line marketing uh, campaigns on the tube, television radio, et cetera, for Aldredex. Um, but our, uh, and then we distribute it into the retail uh, pharmacies at which point they're responsible for selling the product.
0: Could you give us a brief summary about distribution for your other products as well?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we've got uh, in total, we've got about sixteen branded products. Um, our whole revenues, we have um, we sell about a third of products currently under our own brands, and two thirds are sold under uh, customers' brands, where again we develop and make the product, but it's sold under a customer's brand. Um, uh, but the split of those two will will change because we are growing the branded products much more rapidly. And the the products that are sold under customs brands came from the historic Italian business that we acquired a few years ago. But all of those products will be distributed um, into different countries around the world, like I say, 40, and also we sell in the UK, as I said, but we sell in Europe, we sell in the Middle East, uh, North Africa, we sell in the Far East, um, Vietnam, Thailand, for example. Also in China, we have a partner there selling one of our products. um, uh, And then in Scandinavia, also in America and uh, north and south america so we do sell globally um and each product will be on sale in perhaps one or two or as many as uh, 15 or 20 countries depending on the product and where we've licensed it so far many of our products our branded products are still at the start of their commercialization so they might only be partnered in one or two countries now so there's a there's a big um uh, sort of growth for us to undertake in licensing our products out into all of those uh, territories
0: and that leads me on to my next question. Obviously, current sales versus future sales, have you got any sort of growth projections?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we have our own internal uh, targets and forecasts, and there are targets in the market. The way the company set up operationally is that we have uh, a relatively fixed cost base now. Um, a large part of that obviously is our development and manufacturing business, but it also covers our sales and marketing, our licensing and marketing business. Um, and in, in 2016, we turned over £14.3 million pounds, um, as a group. Um, we're running at about uh, 50 to 60% operational capacity. So we put a lot more revenue through uh, not only the sales and marketing organisation, but also uh, the manufacturing part of our business uh, without significantly increasing the costs. So we can probably our revenues somewhere between 20 and 25 million pounds without having to significantly increase the cost base of our business. And, and, and that means that the most of that marginal revenue and therefore gross margin will drop through to the bottom line. So, we've got a good operational leverage position we've hit now because we generated our first EBITDA profit last year. We're now moving into profitability. So, we'll get a, a, a really good improvement in our operating profit as we drive more revenue through the business.
0: So, what are your sort of growth targets in relation to potential market cap movements over the next, say, 12, 24, 36 months? Well,
1: we're currently selling at a share price of, I think, 62 sixty-two, sixty-three billion, £63 And there's, uh, there's two analysts' um, notes and forecasts out in the market, um, each indicating a 12-month uh, share price target of, uh, I think, between pound twenty and £1.28. Uh, so we're currently sat now at fifty percent of the uh, target price of our uh, of the analysts following us. Um, I think what's we've now crossed from a, a loss-making company into a company that going forward will be profitable, uh, and therefore that obviously will uh, improve our rating. We've seen that even in recent months, we've had a lot a lot of interest in stock, the um, investors coming into the stock, and so we're we're very comfortable with the market forecasts that are out there and the aspirations of our share price. And I think. We've, um, we've got a long way to go in share price appreciation but now that we've crossed that line of profitability and that we have significant operational leverage. So, as we go forward over the next few years, you'll begin to see our earnings become uh, meaningful uh, and people be able to value us properly on an earnings basis, which, as you cross from the loss-to-profit position, is difficult to do. Um, so, you know, set up 50% of the broker's forecast for the share price. I think we're, um, we're an attractive uh, purchase.
0: In regards to your current products and obviously looking forward are you obviously going to be looking at other products coming online
1: uh, yes we are we we developed three new products last year uh, which are all going to be launched to uh, marketing partners this year uh, one in the area of um, photosensitivity from related to uh, drug products one in the area of nail fungus onychomycosis which is a um, good growing area, aesthetic area, and one in the area of uh, rosacea, which is an inflammatory skin disease. So we develop a number of our own products each year. We do that every year and we launch those. But as with our Ultradex product that we acquired last year, we will also look to continue to acquire interesting products where we think we can exploit their potential by increasing the geographic um, uh, coverage of that product, manufacturing that product ourselves and integrating into our business and therefore saving uh, lots of costs. So What we're very good at is taking a product to a brand and globalizing it um, and taking it to many countries and improving the profitability of that product.
0: So in regards to future news flow then, what are your investors hoping for and expecting?
1: So there's a main sort of month-by-month, month, almost day-to-day news flow, which is continuing uh, licensing agreements for our products in different territories. And we've done a number of those this year. We'll continue to do a number of those this year. Um, I think, secondly, is the uh, the launch of Ultradex in a number of international markets, because, as I say, we bought that product. It was only in the UK. We've now licensed it in a number of international markets, and therefore we see revenue growth from that. The launch of the first partnering and therefore launch of our new products. But generally, it's about hitting... Uh, revenue growth uh, numbers, hitting revenue growth targets for the market, which will be driving more and more profitability to the bottom line. So it's sort of business as usual, um, more partners, uh, more geographies, more sales, and uh, therefore increasing our profits.
0: How would you sort of describe the business to a potential new investor?
1: Um, I think the interesting part about our business is we offer – uh, interesting upside both in terms of revenue growth and uh, new innovative products with very limited downside because we have portfolio of products we have a portfolio of customers we sell a number of geographies across a number of um, regulatory segments so what you get from us is good upside with very limited downside because of the um, structured nature of our business we'll be developing new products each year we'll be able to acquire new products each year and all of our partners are out there growing our products for us. So we get growth not only from licensing to a new partner, but from our existing partners continuing to grow the product. So the main news for you to watch out for is more long-term deals, um, more launches of products, revenue growth, um, and more new products in the future. Uh, so great great upside um, with very limited downside.
0: Is there anything further that you would like to add there, please, Jerry?
1: Well, I think the main thing is we, we came to the market uh, three years ago, um, and we came to the market at a price just north of a pound. Um, and as we stand today, um, I think we're, you know, we're at 60% of, the, of that share price, but we're at least two or three times the company we were then. So from a, a risk opportunity perspective for investors, um, I think we're in a very good position. Um, we have some good shareholders a good retail following, and um, you know, we're, we're only on the way up from here, so it'd be a good opportunity to buy.
0: Jeremy, it's been absolutely I I, brilliant uh, speaking to you. Thank you very much for your time today. Uh, you're very welcome, thanks, Stephen.